over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Hour number three of our live weekly radio broadcast. We've done a little switch up in our hours. Each hour, each of the four hours, is designed to be standalone and covers a specific topic. And we're over the last couple of years, our 10 o'clock hour has been what we call our on the house hour. We've now moved that back to nine and had our open home hour at the last segment. And what we have found, and the reason for that is this is the hour we, the on the house hours, where we bring in a specialist to talk about something on the house specific. And by the time they would get done with all the content we had lined out and all the topics, at the end of the hour, it would spawn a number of questions that people were waiting to, that, that their question didn't get answered or that a follow-up question. And even though we've got a great setup here at our flagship station, KTAR, where there's a studio next to us and we don't have to do the Chinese fire drill where you got to run out and the next host comes in and uses the same microphone. It's two separate studios. But the phone lines were the same. So we'd have the, all these callers that we would just have to knock off the line so that the next program could use the call. So we thought, well, why don't we reverse the hour so that the our specialists could have a full hour to answer calls and follow-ups that come in off of that. Uh, so that's... That's the reason we've we've switched those two. We're constantly looking for ways to make the broadcast better, to serve more homeowners, different ways to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And that's until uh, we think of something better. That's the new structure. Very good. And we're going to drive the topic off of the calendar that we've got so you'll know ahead of time what subjects it is that we'll be covering. So if you've got one area of particular interest, you can watch for it. But that's not to say we won't take your call concerning any home improvement project, maintenance project, or repair project that you're trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin. Give us a ring. The number is one 767 Now, if you're uh, familiar with our website, if you're a subscriber to our blog, a subscriber to our weekly newsletter, You know, one of the things we want to talk about today are the doors, the exterior doors of your home. And we're going to talk about the building materials, the locking mechanisms, what kind of locks we recommend, the frame materials, as well as other security issues. And if you would just go to our website and we have a search engine there. Go up to the search engine window in the upper right-hand corner and just type in the word security. We have so much information on home security. You'll get how to inspect your home's alarm system. You'll get Rosie's Home Security Consumer Guide. You'll get how to keep your home secure. You'll get a master checklist for home security that you can walk around your home and just double and triple check each and every component that's on that list. So we're going to be talking about energy conservation, security, and safety as it relates to all your door openings today. And that's today. And if you've got the home maintenance calendar, you know, July, all month long, we'll be talking about all different types of home 
exterior accents. And today we're focusing on the entry points, doors and windows. You can get your home maintenance calendar just by letting us know you'd like one. We'll drop it in the mail to you. Just send us the address to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And uh, Lance puts those in the mail at the end of each month. We'll complete all the monthly requests. And then you'll just be on our distribution list. So every year the next one comes to print, you'll just automatically get one in the mail until you ask to stop. Just, Just one more thing we do to try and become your best friend. So let's start with the overhead garage door. Biggest entry point if you've got a garage. Absolutely the biggest entry point to your house. And in the great majority of subdivisions throughout Arizona, the biggest architectural element facing the street. It's the biggest one thing you see on your home and your neighbor's homes. And even if it's not facing the street, a lot of them, they'll turn it sideways so you can't see it past the street. Well, the side of the garage is still probably the biggest architectural yeah, right. feature, flat surface, than, than anywhere else on most of the homes. You know, at the office, we, we call our, when we answer the phone, that's, you, you become the director of first impressions. And that garage door is really director of first impressions because that's the biggest thing people's eyes are drawn to when they come to your home. And it was 15, 20 years ago where garage door manufacturers got the inspiration to do something other than just a flat grain panel. And they started putting in old carriage hardware and some windows. And I will tell you on the topic of security and safety, I would not recommend see-through windows on your garage door. Make them obscure at the very least so people wouldn't have the opportunity to look in and see what's in there behind the door. And even the ones that are see-through, you know, those are generally on the top panel. That's still not that hard to have a little stepladder. Not on a seven-foot door, not yeah, at all. be able to, yeah. to stand up there and peek in. Yeah. So the overhead garage door is the one, it really is a one-day remodeling job. You can have the old door taken down and the new door put up, and you can literally change the entire look of the front of your house if, in fact, your garage door faces forward. Now, we always have to say, check with your homeowners association because you don't want to put on this nice, gorgeous, carriage-style garage door to find out that it violates your homeowners association rules and regulations. Many of the rules and regulations in a homeowner's association are made to keep everyone conforming to a very specific color, a very specific look. That's the safety net you have to make sure your neighbor doesn't go over the edge one way or the other too crazy and uh, impact your property value negatively. So the overhead garage door... You know, for years, it was just one big piece of steel. We call them knee knockers. You reach down to your ankles, grab the handle, and pull it up, and the entire door rotated up over your head. And I don't know if it's an after-lasting effect of that style of knee knockers that still a majority of garages are never parked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true, too. Uh well, we've 
We've really converted to a sectional door that pretty much rises straight up and goes in above the overhead by way of an automatic operator. Now, those automatic operators, there's things you need to know about those automatic operators. When they first came out, they were generally a chain-driven apparatus, where when you actuated the operator, a chain attached to the door would lower and raise the door. We got tired of the noise that made, and so the manufacturers came out with a screw operator, much quieter, uh, fewer moving parts, but maybe required just a little bit more maintenance in greasing it and keeping it lined up. And then they came out with the belt-driven, which I think is the, the right solution. It's the quietest operating. You can expect years and years of reliable operation from the unit, very quiet, and you bolt that to a inch and three-quarter insulated door, and you've really got a great, great system there. The belt-driven, and now they have the Security Plus, because what most people don't realize is you can steal the code from someone. If you're in the vicinity of their home, when they're entering or exiting the garage door, you can actually steal the radio frequency code. So if you catch them pulling out of their house, you catch it on a specific device, let them go down the street three or four blocks and get into the office, and then you have the access to get back in. Well, most of the new operators have what's called a rolling code, security plus. So every time you actuate the door, it changes the code. So the code, even if it's stolen, won't open or close the door. Yeah, it will rotate. And, I mean, this was a, a, a long time ago. They had developed them up to 2 million different codes. Right. And they're programmed to never use the same one twice. So a stolen code uh, you know, would only work while the door was lifting. I mean, even closing it the next time, it would be a new code. It would be a new and code. there's no way you're going to open and close that door 2 million times. It's yeah. just... That, that moving a move it's a moving part it's not going to last two million operations now on the point of security i Romy, you were talking about how few garages actually house the car and the cars very often will stay in the driveway well folks if your car stays in the driveway and the overhead door opener is attached to the uh sun visor of the car Anyone breaking into your car has immediate access into your garage. At our house, we actually activate the secondary lock every single night to keep anybody from accessing the garage door. So don't hesitate. There is a secondary digital lock on most of those where you would just step into the garage, find where the actuator button is on the wall, and there's a lock, unlock button there. I lock those every single night, okay? And then if I'm leaving for an extended day or two or a long weekend, I actually slide the slide bolt to the garage door into the locked position, and I exit the house through the front door. 
So those are all safety and security things you need to know about your front, your big overhead garage door. There's also the auto reverse that you need to test every once in a while to make sure as it's on its way down that it stops and reverses itself rather than continues to try to close. So all of those things are hugely important. Now, what do you park in your garage right now? I'm I'm parking. We trade off either Jennifer's Expedition or Jennifer's Raptor or what now has become Jennifer's Raptor. <laughs> it's really nice having a choice. I, I'm really having a hard time getting those keys back from her. But I'll tell you what, the other thing that I'd like to park in there would be a one of these new 2020 GT500 Cobras. Beautiful car. And you're even looking at one of the new Rangers, aren't you? Rangers that are available now? So I'm, I'm debating. I, I'm the Ford Ranger for my commuter truck. Yeah. Uh, driving around the state, driving around the affiliates. But I really think, you know, if, if I'm going to make that next investment, I'm, I'm, we're close. I, I, I I'm going to 450, I think. Okay. Got to get the new rodeo rig. They've got the all-new 2020 Ford Explorers coming in the summer of 2019. You'll see those on the Sanderson Ford lot anytime. The Rangers you'll see on the lot. I think now you can actually see a couple of them. You can order them now. All of that's available at Sanderson Ford in Glendale. They're giving $500 off for Farm Bureau members. They're giving $750 off for veterans, there's no better place to shop for your new Ford vehicle than Sanderson Ford. I may, I may be wrong on that two million operations out of a garage door. For anyone, I don't know if anyone else thought, well, I wonder how many times you get that operation. So let's start with this. Two million. Okay. Divided by 365. Okay. Many days in a year. That brings you down to 5,493. Let's say you operate it four times a day, once to open it to pull out, then you operate again to close it, okay. leaving work, and then coming back. So then you divide that by four and you get 1,369 operations, and then you divide that by a year, 365, maybe 3.7 years before you operated it 2 million times. <laughs> Anyone else come up with that same number? Oh. So, yeah, you you get a lot of more use out of your garage door than I thought, lift and touch, because I've seen garage doors that have lasted a lot more than four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're going on about 20 of the doors <laughs> at our house. Uh, we're talking overhead garage doors. As a part of our whole subject for the hour, exterior openings at your house. If you'd like to join the conversation about this topic or about any topic revolving around the maintenance or repair of anything about your house, home, castle, or cabin, feel free to give us a ring at one 767 4348 If I can stay on overhead garage doors just for a little longer, we were talking about the auto-reverse mechanism, which was made law in the 90s that if the door's coming down and hits anything other than the concrete at the bottom, it'll actually automatically reverse and go back up. Don't hesitate to every so often put a car, an empty cardboard box in the way of the garage door and make sure everyone's clear of the door. Go ahead and actuate the door to close. It'll hit the garage, the cardboard box, and actually stop and reverse itself. 
test that every once in a while. Now, one thing I would tell you not to do, not to ever do, is mess with the torsion spring that's mm. on the axle above the door, which is actually serves as a counterweight for your door. That torsion spring is actually called a double jawbreaker because if you don't know what you're doing and you're trying to release the tension on that, the bar that you use will start spinning at an incredible speed. And if you're leaning up with your left shoulder, it'll hit your left jaw first, turn your head 180 degrees, and then hit your right jaw. And then at that point, your neck is so stiff, your head will only turn back 90 degrees, and the final hit will be that bar right underneath your chin, a big uppercut. Then you will fall like a sack of beans off of the ladder and hit your tailbone and the back of your skull on the concrete floor of the garage. And that was all to save a $69 service call. <laughs> it's not worth it. You got a $300 ambulance ride. <laughs> oh, I don't want I don't want to hear you won't be able to see, to hear, to chew or to sit for weeks. So, I don't want to hear any of you homeowners that are trying to tackle the torsion spring on the overhead garage door. Leave. That is one thing you must leave to the experts. But while you're on a ladder and you're up there, you all know that one of the funniest phone calls we ever got on this show was from two men <laughs> who had walked from the kitchen to the garage. And it was in a west-facing garage in August. And unbeknownst to them, the lock on the kitchen door actuated, and they were locked in the garage. And while they were listening to the show, working on whatever they were working, the power went off in the neighborhood. Absolutely, and, and I won't mention their names, but it was two men in Paradise Valley called the show live. Rosie, we are locked in our garage. The power's off. It's about 140 degrees in here. What can you do to get us out? Well, most of you know that's what the little cord is that's hanging from the operator arm between the door operator mounted on the ceiling and the actual garage door. I will tell you that for security, I would have you remove that cord because when the door is closed, that cord's actually fairly close to the door. And that is one way burglars can gain access to your house. I won't tell you how they do it because I don't want to educate anybody that doesn't know how to do it. But I would cut that cord off and then get a one-inch wood dowel from Ace Hardware at the corner. Not one inch long, one inch round. One inch round. Put a teacup hook into the end of it. And at the point you're ever locked in the garage, you can actually just reach up with that dowel, hook the operator with the teacup hook, pull it down, and then raise the door. But get rid of that cord that's hanging down for your own safety and your own security. And they were elderly men. They, If I remember right, it was one of the older doors. It was very heavy. Yeah. And once even that safety latch released, they... They were really struggling to lift that, weren't they? Yeah. We, we played that clip for years. It was pretty <laughs> funny. Pretty funny.
talking doors and windows at your house here at Rosie on the House. We pretty well have taken you through the garage door uh, as it relates to the operator, the opener, the springs, the different kind of door material that there is. People ask me a lot of times, if I want to cool my garage off, will it pay to get an insulated door? Well, an insulated door... An insulated overhead garage door will slow down the time it takes the heat to get into your garage every day. But invariably, the garage will end up at the same ambient temperature as the outside. But if you're going to try and cool your garage with a VAP cooler or a split AC system, you should absolutely definitely have an insulated door. So insulated door. Nice and quiet on a belt-driven Security Plus operator with the auto-reverse lights working properly is the right ticket. Now, I was talking about removing the cord for security. And we actually have a caller calling from Williams, Arizona, who has another idea on protecting that cord. Roger, good morning. Good morning. I, I, I took the cord off, and on the same hole the cord goes through, I mounted a little device that keeps that, basically that little hook that sticks out about two inches from being caught. Okay. You, could, you can reach through there, and you'll never catch that. But I'm tall enough I can reach it without a cord. And so, so how tall do you have to be? to do that well you probably have to be i'm about six two but i can yeah. reach eight feet oh yeah right okay all right so and that's about how high that is off the floor and i can reach that if i have to but there's no way anybody can hook that hook that little it's basically about a two inch lever there very good very good and they can't do it because i i i guard i put a little guard type thing on that good well roger also i have an insulated garage door and it never gets as cold in my garage as it is outside. Good. Whenever you pull a warm car in there, yeah, that makes right. a big difference. Amen. You know? Amen. It sure does. Well, Roger, we appreciate the call. Williams, what station are you listening to us? You can actually... Uh, uh, calf Radio and fought a flag. Okay. Yeah, I think in Williams got you can actually pick up of, from two or three stations, yeah. couldn't you? Calf, 9.30 a.m. or Chasm, 7.80 a.m. Both of those. We've, had, we've got about the same amount yeah. of listeners on each of those stations uh, from Williams. So good, good area. In fact, as you go north, if you're heading north to the mountains this weekend and you're traveling, you can take Rosie on the house with you. As you come up uh, Black Canyon City, and uh, KTR has a strong signal up to Dewey, and but as it starts to fade, if you're heading into Prescott, you can flip over to KQ&A, which is both 11.30 a.m. and uh, 99.9 FM as you get into the town. If you're going over uh, into Flagstaff or Sedona or even uh, Clint's Wells and over to Payson, Sedona, 7.80 a.m., and, of course, 9.30 a.m. Calf Country Radio. There's parts in the state. You can get all three of those at the same time. There you go. Well, Roger, we appreciate the call and uh, you sharing your ideas with uh, the listeners here at Roselle Nows. Let's go to Ken and Scott. So he's got another question about the garage door. And then the next door I want to talk to you about at your house is the door between the garage and the kitchen. But first, let's talk to Ken. Good morning, Ken. 
great to talk to you. Um, what's the what are your opinions on like the the newer, more modern opening systems that are connected to you know iPhone apps or any phone apps? You know, Bluetooth alert you if you've left your garage door open, etc. Well, where where you fall on that kind of depends on how big a conspiracy theorist you are. The the more things you put on Bluetooth, the more things that can get hacked one way or another. Now, okay. But with that said, I think Jennifer would tell you at our house, pulling out of our house, we're constantly circling the block. Did we close that garage door? Did, did it close before we pulled out of the driveway? I can't tell you how many times I've circled back, made a U-turn, and came back just to look. <laughs> well, and sometimes when you leave, if you don't sit there and wait for it to hit, because we thats right, we all get in a hurry, and we don't always do that. There's things that can happen. Uh, animal runs through there and trips it off. Um, light beams can interrupt, interrupt the eye connection. Yeah, safety if you feature can push it. And don't leave. Watch it close. Yeah. It, but... In this example, for the garage door and for the Bluetooth application, even hacked or unhacked, let's just say you were, you did get hacked. I'm assuming you would still know, maybe, yeah. right? Right? Theoretically, yeah. you, theoretically, you, you, you get, get alert, a notice your door is that open. your door's opening, and you can take action. Whereas if you didn't have that and you're at work, and somebody did use the fish tape, electrical tape through the no, top, don't say it, and and <laughs> act, tripped you your. <laughs> Tripped your rip cord and yeah. let yourself themselves into your garage. You would never know. Whereas if you did have it on a Bluetooth and you had those kind of alerts, I would think that would help you. You know, if kids coming in and out of the house and punch codes on the side. Oh, oh Johnny's home from school. Well, Ken, I hope you recognize. You know, I was being a little facetious there, but the Bluetooth is hugely I, convenient. I wish we'd have had it day before yesterday, because since I've been in and out of the hospital and my wife keeps taking my car and my daughter keeps taking my car i got home and there was no garage door opener in the car and the key to the house wasn't where it was supposed to be poor rose so i could have called my wife had we been bluetooth compatible and asked her open the garage door but instead or i had to jump over the backyard wall <laughs> and I had to pry a particular window open, uh, crawl through the window, get in my garage and then open the door and pull the door for the car in. I'm impressed. Or, or you could have gotten your own <laughs> smartphone out and done your own Bluetooth activation. Yeah. Well, no, probably not. I would have called mom and said, <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that phone there thing, Sha, can you With push the- that button? With all that said about the overhead garage door, I'd like to move to the next door. One more funny story. Okay. And it's only funny because it didn't happen to you or me or anyone we know, but this did happen. There was a gentleman trying to activate his garage door. It was up, and they were trying to close it, and it wouldn't close. The older models, you know, were pretty easy to hotwire, you know, like— the old trucks that had the solenoids. You, your pocket knife, you could take the blade out and touch Just span it. The right to... Uh, Jump it. Yeah. Yep. Same thing on the garage door. So this gentleman used a five-gallon bucket to lift himself high enough to activate the back of the garage door motor. And this gentleman had a very large beard. And as he activated it, 
the beard got caught in the chain and started getting pulled off. Oh, that doesn't sound good. He was able to hit it again and stop it, but his beard was caught in this trap. Ah! And his wife called a garage door service company that that was a partner of ours, and uh, they dispatched a technician, but he had to stand there on that five-gallon bucket stretched out with his beard caught in the chain until uh, oh, mercy. until the technicians got there and freed him. And it, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So one more just note of caution. One more note of caution. If, if you've got a Duck Dynasty-type beard, watch, watch it around that track well, on a— Watch it around everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Okay, so before we move to the front door of the house, while we're still in the garage— let me talk a little bit about that door between the garage and the kitchen where you enter the house. That door, by code, it has to be fire rated. So it's probably inch and three-quarter. It's fire rated. It's solid core. And it's on spring-loaded, self-closing hinges. Okay, all that's well and good. We like to put those on a metal door jam. Okay, so that when the door does close, the lock mechanism, as well as the deadbolt, actually goes in to a metal door frame that can't be busted out. The other good option is if you're going to go with a pre-hung door in a wood jam, you get a kick-proof plate on the backside of that wood jam so that people simply can't just barge their way in. I, in my rounds, every night before I go to bed, I open the garage door, I verify that the automatic operators are both double locked, I close the door to the kitchen, and I throw the deadbolt. When it comes to deadbolt, you need to know all door hardware is rated as class 1, 2, or three. A class one hardware will take a strike of 75 pound force twice before exploding. A class two will take five strikes of a 75 pound force before exploding. A grade one, which is the best, will take 10 strikes of a 75 pound force before it breaks apart. So you have a grade one door latch and a grade one deadbolt with a one-inch throw and a one-inch barrel diameter, you're going to have a door that's pretty darn secure. If people are trying to get in your house, they're not going to spend the time or the effort it takes to get through that system. So think about that in the case that you may have to replace that door between the garage and the house. Get in the habit of deadbolting it every single night. And on one final word about home security, before we go to the other doors, is you all know, uh, you, many of you use hide-a-keys for the kids or people that regularly service your house. And I will tell you that professional burglars that are casing your neighborhood are also casing your neighborhood hardware stores. And they are looking at what hide-a-key mechanisms are being sold at those hardware stores. 
and those little green and gray rocks with the removable back or the fake sprinkler head that you put in the planter beside the front door. A trained eye can spot those from the driver's seat of their car as they drive by your house. If you must think you have to hide a key, hide the key at a trusted neighbor's house and then let that neighbor hide a key at your house. So should someone see that and try and access your house, they will fail. New invention. New invention. It's going to require Bluetooth to activate and deactivate it. But I'm thinking on those hide-a-key things, we just need to make them out of metal and have an electrical charge running to them constantly. And if you ever need it, you can deactivate the electrical charge on your smartphone. There you go. Then get your hide-a-key out, open up your house, and let yourself in. Well, maybe Electrically we... charged hide-a-keys. I think that's an idea. Chris is next on the line at one 4348 That's one 888 for you How may we help? Hey, guys. How are we doing today? Good. Thank you. Hey, I've been having fits with my garage door uh, opening and closing lately. Um, seems like I'm leaving at the same time every morning, so when I hit the button to close it after I pull out, it's always, uh, you know, stopping and it's got to be because of the sun so what i do i get out of the car every time and throw a shadow onto the sensor and then hit the, the remote so this has been going on for about two months you know i've been in the same place for about 15 years so i don't know is it the sensors that are going out or what's up well and it's it's just the time of year as well by the time we get into uh the fall and the days are shorter and the time that you're leaving Maybe the same, but the light isn't the same. You know, this problem will eventually go away. But next summer when it comes back, uh, an old trick we've used many times is you just take the cardboard center of either a roll of toilet paper or cut one down from a roll of paper towels and tape it over the eye that the sun's shining into. That will protect the light from the sun overpowering the light from the other sensors, razor or laser beam that's trying to connect. So you just make a little blackout tunnel where they can still see each other, and that'll, that'll be the cheapest way we know of you can solve that problem. Aren't you glad you called? Well, believe it or not, I've tried that, and it sometimes works, and it sometimes doesn't. So have you gone to a longer tube? Uh, oh, and Yes, I've even increased the tube length. So. Okay. So then you know, the next by, thing, you know, another inch or so. So I, you know, six, seven inches of tube taped over the eye. So, and so when that doesn't work and you get out and you stand there and you shadow it with your body, does it work then? Then it works. That's a, that's got to be a very directional light. If, uh, the next thing I would say is just making sure that they're properly aligned. That is strange that you well, can get Well, they're aligned because they got the little green lights on, so they are, okay. you know, in line with each other, so. Huh? Well, I tell you what, he's already tried our trick 
Uh, Romy, why don't you pay to have all A authentic go out there and service it for him? Maybe get the yep. new generation of sensors on there. Yeah, we'll it, we'll take care of this for you, Chris, because uh, every trick we know to solve your problem, you've already tried. And if you've got a garage door problem that you need an expert on in the Phoenix area, we do have a authentic garage door. And in Tucson and Southern Arizona, we have overhead door company of Tucson and Southern Arizona, both Rosie on the house approved partners. You can find them in the garage door category at rosieonthehouse.com. If you're a overhead door technician or company owner, garage door company owner in Northern Arizona, we are looking for one to fill that void in the network you can go to rosyonthehouse.com from the certified partner tab when you mouse over it you'll get an option at the very last one apply to become a certified partner you'll get step one and step one if you meet all the preliminary requirements then we'll send you step two very good well we were talking earlier about getting locked in the garage sounds like another caller has a story about getting locked in the garage i believe it's corky that's me. Hey, man. Well, with a name Are like Corky, real, I bet you real, got a lot of funny stories. Real? real <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a retired submarine sailor. I got more stories than I can tell oh, on the air. Oh, man, <laughs> I bet you do. Hey, so here's what happened. I was doing home inspections for HUD when the foreclosure boom was going, and I was down in the boondocks at this house, and it was, you know, empty, obviously, no power, no water, no nada. I go into the house go into the kitchen, make a tour around. And so I'd lay down my camera, lay down my phone, lay down my thing, walk into the garage, and it had one of the locks that locks you, locks you out. I didn't know that until I wanted to come back into the house. Uh. Unfortunately, I didn't have a ladder. To re- it was like a, a eight- or nine-foot garage door, and, and there was no rope on it. I couldn't jump that <laughs> high. <laughs> And I'm stuck in there with no phone, and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon in, you know, like January. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at the garage door, which didn't look to be in too good a shape. And let me tell you, when I left, it was nowhere in any type of shape of clothes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You found a way out, huh? I didn't have any choice. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. you, you do, and I learned my lesson whenever I was going to do a home inspection. I made sure I had my phone in my pocket in case something like that did happen again. <laughs> well, Corky, we appreciate the call. You take care of yourself. Be careful. Yeah, don't forget the phone. That's for sure. And thank you for your service. I got he was a submarine operator, I'm assuming, in the U.S. Navy. If that's the case, thanks for your service. You got a minute left. You want to try and hit your front door in a minute no i think we'll get to the rest of the doors in the following hour doors and windows uh, and it'll we, also be our- i think we've about nailed garage doors <laughs> shut here we've covered every aspect of it this past hour but we haven't gotten to very many we haven't gotten to any other outside doors we got to talk about sliding patio doors french doors front doors and front security doors That'll all be next hour. And it'll also be our open home hour, so it's open for any question about your home, castle, or cabin. Whatever projects you're working on, we'll interject those as they come in. It's one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie You can get online during Top of the Hour News and be first on when we start uh, next hour. Or you can text questions to 411-923. Email info at rosyonthehouse.com if you need to send a picture to help with any, uh, you know, 
product or describing your project with a visual aid, you can send those images to info at rosieonthehouse.com.